get ready for the Girls on Games podcast. Your weekly dose of news, reviews, and everything video games. Always served with a good helping of hype and just a pinch of salt. And now, your host, Leah. to another Girls on Games podcast. My name is Leah. I'm the host of this show. This is episode number 417. And on the episode this week, we've got Unity apologizing. Activision has seen the next switch. Elder Scrolls 6 is probably not coming to the PlayStation 5. We talk about our favorite mini golf games because it's international or national mini golf day. I don't know if it's national or international, but it's hashtag mini golf day on September 21st. I bet it's intergalactic. The whole universe. I like that better. Intergalactic sounds great. (laughs) I love that. All right. Before we get into that, I want to introduce you to the friendly voices around this digital table. Uh, I was going to go straight to Catherine, but unfortunately, Catherine's not with us this evening. She is feeling under the weather. Joelle, how are you, my dear? Hello, I am. I am great. I am good. Top, top billing this evening. I know. I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and we've got an extra special guest on with us today: the man, the myth, the legend. It's my buddy Steve Saylor. How's it going, bud? Hi. <laughs> What's up? It's been a while oh. since I've been on GOG. I know, I know. We're well overdue. And I'm glad because we're going to talk about the games that we're both pretty excited about. So, uh, so yeah, I, I can't wait to hear more because you've been playing Mortal Kombat 1. Yes, I have been. And uh, I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, it's going to be good. Sick. Okay, let's get through some housekeeping. I'd like to remind you that if you enjoy this show, you can subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Podbean. If you'd like to get some GOG merch, you can do that by going to designbyhumans.com slash shop slash girls on games. Maybe you'd like to give us a tip, maybe buy us a coffee. You can do that by going to our Kofi. That's ko-fi.com slash girls on games. All right, Steve, what have you been up to, bud? Uh, you know, the huge, uh, playing games, you know, talking about games, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, I've just been, you know, kind of been doing my own thing with, uh, consulting, uh, on some games and some stuff that, you know, I can't talk about, but, you know, I'm just doing, doing that and, uh, making content, uh, just as best I can do it, doing a ton of reviews. Like it's been crazy with the amount of mm. games that have been coming out. Now it just, just in the next two months, like I am like almost tearing my hair out of just like how many games are coming out and how I'm going to be able to review all these. It's just going to be a lot. So, uh, I'm just trying to get through this season so I can at least get to Christmas and then I can be yeah. like, I can sort of relax at that point. <laughs> Talk about some of the stuff that you've released so far. Uh, so I was able to do a preview for uh, Moza, uh, Forza, Forza Motorsport. Gotta get that, get that right. Uh, where I was able to try out because uh, we talked about this in our on our Xbox show, but uh, uh, it was the uh, blind drive assist that was mm-hmm. uh, enabled in uh, like it's going to be the first of its kind in a racing game for accessibility for blind players to be able to uh, actually be able to drive a car and race on the tracks uh, in Forza Motorsport, uh, and I got to sort of do a bit of a uh, kind of a video on uh, on that uh, just based on the preview that I got to try out and uh, it's it definitely is something that I 
I, I like a lot, uh, but you really have to like very much like a simulation game. You really have to tweak the settings in order to be able to kind of get it that works best for you. Uh, mm -hmm. And that's honestly kind of a great way to do accessibility because it's it's not like sometimes accessibility can be a very much okay, we're going to put you on rails and we're going to just try to get, you know, get you through the, through the game as best as possible. But oftentimes we want it, we talk about that. We want to play the same games at the same challenge level that everyone else is. We just want some, some barriers removed. Mm. So with this blind drive assist, it essentially is kind of doing that where it gives you all the audio information that you need mm. to be able to figure out how to drive your car. It gives you all the information of where you are on the track, how close you are to each edge of the track, where you are in a turn, um, how like do you need to slow down to get into a turn? Um, how much do you need to slow down? Um, plus, also what turns are coming up? Like it gives you all that information um, so that you can be able to decide on how to best drive the car yourself. Um, and once you kind of get that and figured out the settings that work best, audio settings that work best for you. Okay, I don't really need necessarily a lot of. Uh, audio for uh, uh, knowing where I am on the track, but I definitely need some for when I need to break and when I need to like when I need to still getting it going into a turn. You can adjust that, and there's a lot of customization there, and it's really really cool. I think a lot of a lot of blind players are going to look into this and and really really uh, enjoy that a lot. Um, and that so that's one video, and then I did one just recently about Assassin's Creed Mirage. Uh, got mm. to preview that, um, and uh, that one looks is going. That one is I'm really looking forward to. It's Ooh. basically going back to its to Assassin's Creed roots, yes. uh, where it's very stealth. It's yes. almost it, like you're very investigation focused. Ooh, almost so like a Batman esque. Like back, yeah, oh, it, it yes. very much is like it kind of feels like you're you're a Batman assassin. Uh, oh man, yeah, it kind of has that feel to it because you're really because you have you have like an investigation board that you're trying to be able to find clues to try to figure out who your main target you're supposed to assassinate is, and you have to do all these different sort of missions. And it's not a huge map, like as far as like, I mean, it's big. It's like it's still pr like pretty big, but it's not as big as like the the other Assassin's Creed maps that we've had mm -hmm. in, in the past few years. But yeah. this one is just Baghdad is kind of like your main sort of city. There are other areas in the game that you get to go to and you get to go sort of like, you know, do other different things. You, get to, you actually get to go and train as an assassin as well and get to learn how to be able to do stuff like the like the leap of faith and, you know, a little bit more some combat stuff. And um, so there's there's your areas outside of Baghdad that you get to go to, but your main kind of like focus is it was is within Baghdad. And it's uh, I think it's 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 a little bit of mix with the old and the new because you still have like the rpg stuff that's in the newer stuff um obviously there's a little bit more of an exploration kind of thing you can be able to do uh just a, a ton of a ton of cool stuff and then obviously yeah you could go and do proper stealth and uh and it's it's gonna be great i'm looking for like i'm i, I think people are gonna be really excited about that one so yeah, that's yeah. Just the, the videos i've been working on i can't wait to do that because um i'm playing starfield and i'm trying oh, to play yeah. stealthy in the beginning which is like impossible it's like you're not it supposed to play to this do that in, that game. You can, yes. in the beginning there are there are like perks and like your skill trees and stuff that you can build to get there but in the mm -hmm. beginning i'm just so apprehensive because i always just want to hide behind everything and sneak up and snipe somebody <laughs> oh 100 yeah and the thing is too is that they don't have the like you don't have the like when you crouch behind someone that you can basically just take them out silently or whatever, yeah. uh, which is kind of a bummer because like the only way to do it is you have to shoot. But if yeah. you don't have a suppressor on your gun, yeah. it kind of really is useless. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to do stealth <laughs> yeah. in that. Yeah, not no sneaky sneaky there. But uh, oh, I'm excited about uh, 
about both of those games. And uh, yeah. did I see that you actually won the race when you did Forza? Oh, for Forza, yes. Yeah. I, like so, it took like I, it took a little bit because the the preview that we had was about ninety minutes, and it was yeah. basically like one main sort of like it's like the tutorial sort of like Grand Prix, like they call it the Builders Cup. Okay, and you go like you have like there are three races for this cup. And I, at first, like I did the first race, I like I, I got in twenty first place. Didn't really, it was just so much noise, I couldn't be able to figure out what's going on. Yeah. And then I kind of got better at it, tweaked a little bit of the settings, got into fourth, uh, and then uh, in, the, in the second uh, in the second race, tweaked a little bit more, and then I was able to get enough to be able to get into first place. So fantastic. Um, yeah. And that's all just with blind drive assist. It was it was great. Mm. Oh my god, that's amazing. amazing. <laughs> Love it. Oh, yeah. So definitely uh, stay tuned to uh, Steve's uh, social media channels because, yeah, he's he's got videos oh, coming left, right, and center. To, yeah. You can go, you go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com uh, slash at Steve Sailor, and it's already, it's already up and ready to go. Perfect. And then more coming over the next few weeks because tis the season. Tis, tis the review season. season. Yep. Mm-hmm. Joelle, what have you been up to this week? Well, I got like the first cold. I feel like out of mm. anyone, uh. I just can't believe it. You know, like I don't interact with too many people and I still get sick usually fairly early on in the season. Like once the weather kind of turns uh, chill, right? Once the first chill settles in, my body is like, oh, oh, we're gonna, just going to pick up all the stuff and we're going to like acclimate immediately. And so I've just been kind of fighting a bit of a cold, uh, but I did end up feeling um, well enough to go out to downtown and to see one of my favorite comedians. I have yet to see her live, um, and I saw that she was coming to Minneapolis, and I praised the heavens because we don't always get like bigger <laughs> comedians that come our way obviously uh based on where we are so i had a really good time just um uh laughing it up and um it was great and uh she did almost like all new material too so it's that's fun when like you don't kind of know what jokes are are coming Mm -hmm. Um, so that was a, a really good time and and then i just um i'm just pounding away at at uh at my sea of stars so oh, nice that's a good who's way to the, spend who's time comedian yeah who's it, comedian? Her, yeah her name is nicole buyer um do you know she's yeah. on the netflix show nailed it that's what she's yeah. most known oh, for oh yes okay yeah yeah no she's great i love her yeah. yeah she um she is not everyone's like cup of tea and so mm-hmm. if like if people go check her out and they're just like what <laughs> like that's okay <laughs> she she kind of like either kind of like her or you don't like her uh but she has a podcast called why won't you date me where she talks about um kind of like her love life and her journey through dating um and she's just a really um like uh y- unique human and she can be like quite quite crude um <laughs> like her comedy and so uh i was just ready though like i was ready for that and she definitely did not disappoint so just like want to let you know because sometimes her nailed it persona can can come across a little maybe a little more wholesome and then you get this (laughs) you get this totally different uh vibe from her when she's not um, like on television. So just wanted to people to, to know that. But she she was great. I think she's so funny. Um, I think her humor is like really intelligent. She has a lot of like layers in her humor. Um, she uses a lot of like context, which I just, I love because it keeps me engaged. And 
so it, it was it was so fun and it was sold out sold out show it was the biggest um arena that she has done so far it wasn't a huge theater but um it was i mean it was three tiers three balconies and um we uh we all were we were all so happy that she was there and so um you know standing ovation so i hope that it was enough love for her to come back at some point so yeah that'd be cool yeah she i know her from podcast and also she's been a guest judge on rupaul's drag race yes she has that's yeah. where i've also seen her i yes. was like thinking i'm like yep. i've seen her on nailed it but i was like where else have i seen her i'm like that's it it was rupaul's so i'm like yeah, yeah okay, yep. makes sense. Yeah. yeah and actually she she had a joke where she um because nailed it was up for an emmy so she was up she was emmy nominated mm. for the host of nailed it and of course also uh rupaul was as well and so she she talked about you know she's like well she just said it was a black on black crime because she always loses to RuPaul for <laughs> oh, winning that one got a big laugh. But yeah, so she's she she was delightful. So Yeah. <clears throat> awesome. Nice. Amazing. I love to go see comedians. Um I had I think the theme of this weekend I would call it Adventures in Animals. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So it started Friday night. You all know I have a puppy. He is mm-hmm. seven months old today. And uh, being a yellow lab, he is driven by food. And he is now pretty, I would say he's close to his full like height when it comes to like his length and stuff. But he's going to fill out in like he still very much looks like a teenager. He's all lanky and whatever else. But like he's going to fill out. But he's as tall as probably he's going to get. He might get a smidge taller, but not by much. Friday night, Mike and I decided to order pizza for dinner. Um, we both wanted different things, so we ordered two medium pizzas. Uh, I had two slices. Mike had two slices of his. And then Mike went outside to uh, have a draw, and I ran to the washroom. I came out maybe five minutes later to no pizza. Oh. Gibson ate two pizzas. Oh, my gosh. Oh, <laughs> two wow. pizzas. Oh, my God. One was like... <laughs> pepperoni and cheese and bacon and the other was uh 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 ground beef and hot banana pepper oh, <laughs> oh no oh, oh the poops was oh, so, the poops. he was oh, no. so fat he looked like he swallowed a volleyball <laughs> and mike and i were so worried we're like oh my god he's either gonna puke i'm like he's either gonna puke it out or poop it out like this is this is just how it, it is it's one of those it's gonna yeah. come out one end either way that's exactly yeah. right he was very lethargic that evening um i can imagine yeah the only that, time all he'd get up would go to get water because obviously it must have been spicy <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a, like, kudos to Gibson for being able to handle that Man. spicy list. Yeah. Like, my yeah. goodness. I, I don't have the banana pepper pizza. That's all, Michael. <laughs> oh, wow. So, yeah, um, now it's a running joke about how much Gibson liked pizza. But, uh, yeah, no, he was fine. He he had a few more bathroom trips than he normally would. But, uh, oh, but yeah, wow. labs, labs like to eat. Holy De- definitely Gibson's in that teenage phase. Yeah. That's one that like there was <laughs> no way yeah. an older Gibson would have been able to handle all that. He knew he had done wrong too, but I came out to see one pizza box on the floor, which was closed but empty, and the other pizza box kind of like hanging off the edge of the counter with one pe- slice of pizza kind of hanging out of it. And nothing else left. Oh my god! Nothing. That that reminds me of a friend of mine. Uh, his name is Andre. He has a, a a beagle named Henry, 
And Aww. we have this rule that no matter what table you like, you, like if there's anything that is dog height or even a little bit higher, mm -hmm. you have to keep at, like all your food towards the center of the table because if it's anywhere near the edge of anything, Henry's gonna grab it. Like yeah. it will immediately grab it, and you would not even know that you would that it, that it's even gone until you realize. Wait, what happened to my food? I, I've even had it. I was holding a like I was holding a like just the crust of a pizza in my hand and like Henry went Whoa! and I didn't even know it like it was like it was like he was he was like an assassin he just went and just grabbed it I'm like how it was, oh my god yeah so say, I, uh, now you're in that phase you're gonna have to now start pushing food away from the edges of the counter now the thing is is he's just he's tall right because he gets up on his on his mm. hind legs and he can reach i thought we had pushed it for far enough back but obviously we had not wow and like when we're there watching his stuff he just used the opportune moment when both mike and i were gone and fool on us you know oh, yeah, to be knew. like oh yeah it's a seven month old yellow lab he is essentially a trash compactor so <laughs> He's going to eat everything. <laughs> oh yeah, he, he knew he knew what he was doing. Wow, oh, totally. Uh, the next day, um, and this is like more journeys in animals. Uh, we we had Mike had taken the day off because he had he had a loo day to use, and Mike had taken the day off, and we had a certain amount of plans, and then they fell through. And then Mike and I are like chilling out in the morning, and Mike's and we're trying to figure out what we're going to do with ourselves because we're like it's a rare occasion that Mike and I have a Saturday and a Sunday off together, and he was like why don't we go to the zoo? And I'm like, what? Huh. The zoo? And he's like, yeah, Toronto Zoo. I'm like, okay. So I called up my sister to see what she was up to because her her uh, husband had plans. And I was like, do you want to go to the zoo? And she's like, sure. So we go to the Toronto Zoo at like four o'clock. And it takes, we made it through about half of it. But here's the kicker. It takes like four hours normally, we went and targeted right to the African side. But as soon as we got in, we were greeted by a bar. So we got drunk at the zoo. Oh, <laughs> oh I love that. Except for Mike, because he was driving. But my sister and I had a few drinks, and it was lots of fun. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Highly recommended. If we ever manage to get Kat and Pascal here, um, that's something we have to do. And we need to like leave four hours. Cause apparently it takes four hours. It's 10 kilometers, the walk around oh. the entire park. If you do all of it. Yeah. So we managed to get through Damn. half of it. We were there for two hours cause it closes at six. So yeah, on a nice, like, and Saturday was a nice day. It wasn't overly hot, but it was like not cold neither. And the sun was out and stuff. It was, uh, it was a lot of fun. Would definitely do again. And there's a whole section that I didn't get to see. Oh. Got to see a huge rhino and giraffes and, 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 uh, orangutan and lots of different types of birds and a polar bear that was asleep. And yeah, it was fun. Nice. Really fun. And also, if you have to bring kids, you can have a few drinks while your kids go and look at all the cute animals. Just make sure right. that you don't let your kid get into any of the enclosures. They're pretty secure. I mean, yeah, I don't kids, are, kids you know what? You know what? But you never know. I You're mean, right. they yeah. they get in they get in some really They're ninjas. Yeah. They are. They're, they're, talk about assassins. They There's are. always a way. Yeah. yeah. And they Steve, will find it. Steve, have you been to the Toronto Aquarium or not Aquarium, uh, Toronto Zoo? Yeah, actually, I was about to say because uh, I went last year with uh, my mom and my sister. Yeah. Because uh, like the, the, my my mom and my sister they they do 
these kind of like zoo trips every once in a while and, and like my mom is just always fascinated with like with just seeing animals at the zoo yeah. like it's it's it she turns into a little kid every time that she goes and uh it was so it's so great to be able to just kind of like see her like smile and laugh like just at the at the, at the, the animals i'm just like yeah mom go for it awesome i love it and they invited me out to, to come with them that that time and uh it was like in it was like it was on, on october so it was kind of like a nice kind of cool day mm-hmm. um and we basically just went like the whole time and and it was uh it, it was a, yeah it was great like we basically just we we were able to see pretty much everything because we got there pretty early in the day so we can be able to like you know uh be able to kind of like walk around the whole thing and uh um and then like right the 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 thing is in october i think they their hours they end at four instead of uh, instead of normally at six yeah so we were like at one point at that we were near the end all my mom wanted to do at the end was like she wanted to go on the carousel that's there and mm-hmm. uh and so she was like we were like trying to book it over there and thankfully like we were able to like like get into like the line at the last minute just so we can be able to kind of get on and i, I like it's it at the time, like our family's kind of going through like a, l- a little bit of a something, and it was like the first time that I've seen my mom like smile and laugh that hard in a long time, and it was just so great just to kind of see her like turn into like a little kid like at, at the zoo, and I was just like, "This is great. This is, it was a, it was a fun time. I definitely recommend. Yeah, definitely recommend going to the Toronto Zoo. It's great. yeah. The next one I want to hit is the Toronto Aquarium because apparently that was one. Cool too. One evening a month, they do a jazz night where they have like a live jazz Ooh, band playing. I did not know that. All right, cool. so we okay. should organize this and go down yeah. there because they have like cocktails and a jazz band and everything. So my sister and her husband, back when they were dating, went on a uh, a date there. And uh, yeah, my sister has no fear too. So she was like crawling through all the inner tubes that you can kind of go through and see all the like, you know, ocean yeah. water around you with the fish and the sea life and all that kind of stuff. Um but yeah, she was like, "We have to do that," and I'm like, "Yes, we do." <laughs> yeah, that's. A, I didn't know that they were doing that because I've, I've, I've been to the aquarium before, and it's like it's pretty cool. But I didn't realize they were doing like theme nights or whatever. So I'll yeah. have to take that out. Apparently, it's like once a month that they do it. It's like a, as a regular thing. So yeah, we'll have to figure okay. that out and go sometime. Get a crew, go. All right, let's check into the podcast fantasy critic real quick and see if there's any big updates. I doubt it. Kat's running away with the whole thing on the uh, podcast uh, group, Um, though I should be getting, I guess, some stats for Mortal Kombat 1 since that one was on my list. And Lies of P for Simon, though I think, has Simon given up on this one? Yeah, he kind of gave up on this one. He only has 61 points. Poor guy. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, no, no real big change there. It's still Kat in first, Joelle in second, me in third, and Simon in fourth. Uh, I don't know if anybody picked anything up. Let's see. Dates, dates, dates. Nope. We haven't done anything since the beginning of the month, but we all still have uh, a few <laughs> slots in our league uh, or in our rosters, so we should we should get on that because we're coming to the end of the year know. now. You know, know, there's not much left. No, there's not. Um, into the community critic. Uh, wow, it's still, I still think it's the same. I think it's you, Joel, and Darth are kind of like going back and forth between uh, third and fourth right now as games release. That's the big one there. Um, let's see, did anybody? Yeah, it's still Pat in first, Phoenix in second, Joel in third, Darth is in fourth, Albany is in fifth, I'm in sixth, Simon is in seventh, and Tim is in eighth. And did anybody pick anything up? Ooh, 
September 16th saw a little bit of movement. Uh, Google Stadia. Is that you, Joelle? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So you acquired Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 for a bit of five bucks. You acquired the unannounced mainline 3D Mario platformer with a bit of five bucks. Was that an... What, what is that supposed to be? I don't know, but I had so many slots to fill. So You just did. I thought, I'm just going to yoink it, like, just to see if I can get something out of it. But I don't think, I don't think anything's happening, because I feel like it would have been announced at the Nintendo Direct, and it yeah. wasn't. So yeah. So I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to drop it. But I don't understand why this Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, the teal mask, yeah. it says it needs an open critic link. Like, are they not, is it not being... Scored? It's possible that they aren't doing an open critic for it. That's so weird to me. Isn't it out? Yes, it's out. It's been out and people love it. And I was like, where are my points? <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because normally they're they're pretty good at like adding DLC for stuff. Yeah. yeah. Weird. weird. Maybe there's a bug or something. I don't know. I have to look into it and see if anybody else has said anything about it. Because guaranteed other people picked it up. It's like mainline I DLC. Know. That's why I took it. <laughs> yeah so you, we'll see what happens yeah you also picked up steam world dig for five bucks and silent yep. hill 2 remake for five bucks so Which, uh are you is your catalog full now uh, your your roster it is but like i i silent hill 2 remake i doubt is coming out this year like i i don't think so it's a TBA for publishing. I don't. I think I'm going to drop it because I don't think it's going to come out. And I also don't think this unannounced mainline 3D Mario platform's coming out either. But I just thought I. I thought I'd snag them because I. I kind of had a, a feeling, an inkling that we would have some sort of news. Um, you know, and we had the direct and we had the PlayStation. Um, yeah. The 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 Sony uh, the the quick Sony announcements, but. Nothing really came out of those that helped me much, so I might have to go back to uh, the bidding. So Okay. So see. Yeah, I've got stuff there. I'm kind of sad that I picked Haunted Chocolatier because that is locked as a counterpick, so I can't drop that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Helldivers 2. Oh, that's not, will not release. Oh, so I'm getting zero on that too. Oh, well, not much you can do there. But that's yeah, the comes part of the year, game. Think, right? Yeah, they got moved. Yeah. But that's part of the fun, right? That is. That's mm-hmm. why we do it. Fun. All the fun. fun. All that's the stressful. Fun. All of the funs. <laughs> all right. Let's get through what we've all been playing. Steve, I'm obviously excited to talk about what you've been playing because you've been playing Mortal Kombat 1. Mm-hmm. I have been, yes. Uh, and I will have a review of this, hopefully by the time that this episode comes out, it's I've been kind of sick for the <clears throat> books. There, there you, know, you go. There, oh, oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> yep. uh, so like I, I've uh, so I, I, things have kind of been in flux a little bit, but I have put a decent amount of chunk of uh, time in it that I've been able to uh, do an accessibility review for for Mortal Kombat One. I will say this is kind of like as a preview for it. It is the perfect bl- uh, a blind game, like blind game for like, it's a perfect fighting game for blind players. Ooh. It is. It covers everything that a blind player needs in order to be able to play the game, not only in just fighting, but online multiplayer, as well as the campaign. Really? They've done such a great job across the board for for accessibility for uh, for blind players. They have 
audio described uh, like it's, it's cinematics, but also audio described uh, fatalities. Which what? It's, it's such <laughs> it, oh my god! If you have there, there, there was there was a there was a video clip that kind of went out during the beta like recently of yeah. like just all the audio described fatalities. It is it sounds just as gross as it as it looks. Oh my like, god! It is, it is that yeah. It is that like it is that brutal. Uh, and <laughs> every fatality is audio described, which is great. Um, and they've got it's got has a narrator um, that basically reads all the text that's in the game, but it also gives you audio cues for when you're kind of like closer to an opponent or when you're further away mm. from it um plus also you can be able to uh hear in pretty much every move that's that's happening so you can be able to try to be able to learn the t- proper timing in order to be able mm-hmm. to block it and stuff like that so uh and the story okay I, here's the thing i've never really played mortal Kombat like ever really i mean i've, I've played like a few matches here and there yeah but i never really i've never played the story in any Mortal Kombat game. And I know there's a whole lot of like like storyline that's been kind of building up all of mm-hmm. the past 11 versions of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> and I know this was kind of like sort of a reboot of it. Yeah. But my god, that story, I am engrossed. I am I am oh. fascinated. I am like, yes, like this is like I'm invested. I'm invested in these characters. I thought I was just gonna be fighting random dudes and like these weird like. But they have like they have a whole like it's it it is the perfect quarter sort of like if you have never played a Mortal Kombat game before and you're interested in like okay what is the whole story of this whole thing? This is the perfect game to be able to jump in and and, and try that out with because it is it, it resets everything. It tells you the story of of each sort of the main of the main care all the main sort of fighters and kind of like what their backstory is it kind of it t- tells the story of them all and kind of resets it all and it just it, they do it in a way that you know it's a reset if you've never played it before but it, they also tell you like hey th- th- here are the things that have kind of been changed a little bit uh mm-hmm. so like in in, in 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 the causation of it all um and it's yeah like i am having a ton of fun playing this and i'm like i think i'm probably going to like i still i, I played about uh, about 10 to 15 hours I think so far mm-hmm. and I'm only just finishing up act two and there's like four acts oh, wow. uh, altogether there's like 13 chapters I think is the total oh. and so and uh, yeah this whole experience is accessible in the way that you think a fighting game should be accessible yep yep that's fantastic yeah there is definitely some like things that could definitely like yeah, I could nitpick and kind of like it sort of say mm. okay if they change this this and this like you can't like adjust like subtitle size or mm. add, like speaker tags mm. or anything like that like there's and then there's some th- sort of motor controls that I kind of wish I could be able to remap to but I can't but there's so there's some things that are like are, like kind of very nitpicky stuff but yeah I don't like at least for 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 blind players they're like I, I honestly like with a few few minor tweaks here and there I honestly can't think of anything that they could have added that would have basically made like uh, made this even more accessible like mm. it's just it really gives you all the tools you need to learn how to be able to be a, a, like a, to practice with your fighter to be able to play but also it's challenging enough that you can still be able to like jump into play but if you just want a fun time you can set the game to easy and you're good and but you can also be able to take all those skills after you after you kind of build up you can go online and you can be able to play too and all mm. the accessibility is there it's not punishing you for using accessibility, because it's just all, it's giving you all the information you need that every player does have. It's just that now it's all in audio form, which is great. That is cool. Yeah. I'm terrible at fighting games, but I'd love to, like, one, 
I'm curious to see how they integrate those things. And two, I wonder if that would help me learn how to play a fighting game. Two, uh, yes. With the cues of how to learn what to look. Because oftentimes it's like the animation goes by so fast and I'm too busy looking at something else on the screen, mm-hmm. right? Be yeah. able to like clue me in on what I should be paying attention to. Because once I figured that out, I'm okay. But oftentimes with fighting game, I'm just so distracted by all the other things that are happening. Like the my character, what I'm doing, not really watching that character. Like I even find that sometimes difficult. And I know... Um, both Joelle and I are playing Sea of Stars. Like sometimes in the beginning when you start to learn the mechanics, because uh, a lot of Sea of Stars is you actually learning when you're supposed to defend is just as good as learning how to attack mm-hmm. because sure. you start building up some the meter to be able to do some of your specials and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I find I'm really slow at trying to learn when is the what am I supposed to be looking for? What is the key? Right. And sometimes right. having that additional audio piece might help me learn that better. It does. So. It does take a little bit to like, because it is. You're gonna have to like listen to the audio to to uh, to the yeah. actual like moves, just kind of see like, and yeah. then you can use that with your visual to kind of like know, okay, where's the best place to be able to to block? Mm-hmm. Like you know what like uh, what attack is coming up. But yeah, what's great is that there is a like there is a training and a practice mode. Okay, um, mm. that you can be able to go in and be able to. Uh, to be able to tr- like be- get better and be able- and also I-, I definitely recommend if you're gonna go in try go through the whole tutorial like training um, okay. because it not only t- like teaches you everything that you need to know including like um, uh, like how to how to do a block how to how to do the special moves how to do the fatalities how to like mm-hmm. and, and they and they give you a lot of t- a lot of areas to be able to practice but also you could technically be able like. You can do like you can hit a, a a button that basically is a demo button that you can be able to see how you, to be able to do, like how to actually like how to properly do a special move and it'll actually have a controller up on screen that tells you how like that shows you and goes it gives it a bit of an audio cue of how uh, how fast you need to be able to hit those buttons like it's sort mm, of like that's it, what it, like I it's mean. okay if you need to hit left or down and, and a yeah it'll give you that sort of like that sequence so oh. you know how fast you need to hit it and it's just. And you can, and you have infinite amounts of ways to be able to practice it. You can again, you can go into practice mode and just pick a, pick a random fighter and or pick a fighter you like and just kind of try to be, uh, get better and learn how. Like you can kind of figure out all the different moves and mm. how to be able to do stuff. And you do like so it is something you can train in to be able to get better. And the story is also very. Like you can that you can go in and basically go into very easy mode and you can just kind of, you know, kick ass and go through. And it's still a really fun and challenging story to be able to kind of go, uh, campaign to go through. But that's also another way to like because you will tr- you will get to play pretty much every character that's in the roster. Okay. Um, like so it's not like you're picking one character and then that's like your main character throughout the whole campaign. It's like you're you're you like the game chooses for you what character mm. you're playing mm. um and so you can basically you basically get to play pretty much everybody almost uh and it's it's really cool like it's definitely th- this is all allowing you to be able to like figure figure out how to be able to play it but then uh, once you kind of feel like okay i've gotten better at it then you can be able to go into online and tournaments and stuff like that it's yeah it's yeah it, it, there's a lot there to be able to kind of get you get you better at, at fighting games for sure yeah, because I've always like, especially in the story mode with fighting games and stuff, that was one thing that when Injustice came out, and I know it's mm-hmm. the same studio. Is it NetherRealm yeah. too? Yeah, they yep. did it too. Where like you're playing through the story mode, and obviously like there's all these characters, and you're like, well, I wanna, I want a bit of everything. And when you play the story, you end up fighting as different characters in different points, and I like that. And I remember that. I think was it Mortal Kombat 10 because it was 10, 11, and then one came out, right? 
Yeah. yeah. Think. Yeah. Okay. So I remember doing that in. I didn't do it so much in in eleven, but I remember playing through the story mode in ten, and uh, and that was an, another thing. Is like I just liked being able to jump between the characters. So yeah, yeah. that's that sounds great. And uh, yeah, there's something about the original Mortal Kombat that just so much nostalgia for that. Yeah. You know, By getting way, to play that higher I quality. I learned something. I learned something new uh, about wow. that I did never. I never realized. What you know the the, the line in Mortal Kombat? Get over here! Yeah, yeah. Do you know that's Ed Boon? Oh really? Oh, that's his voice. Wow! And they've <laughs> never changed it. That line has been the, the the same line throughout the entire Mortal Kombat franchise. It's <laughs> been Ed Boon's voice. Wow! Just for that, just for that line to get over here. I mean, iconic. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you um and Ed Boon's such a like a like a, a, a an interesting character and figure in the video game industry. He has such a rapport for himself too. He was on Hot Ones. Yes. He was on Hot Ones, yes. Yeah. Yes. I watched that interview. Fascinating stuff. And of course, like Sean Evans is just a great interviewer in general. So like he's pulling like these great questions out. But like, yeah, just learning so much from him. He's uh he's such a wealth of knowledge. Yeah, apparently I, I just looked it up. Yeah, as well. He has he actually holds the Guinness Book of World Records for the longest serving video game voice actor because of that one line. <laughs> I love that. Three That's great. Yep. three words. Yeah. Three words. Yep. Steve, you're also playing Cyberpunk, getting ready for Phantom Ooh. Liberty. Getting yes. there. Are you yes. are you in it? I am I, I feel like I'm back in. Yep. I feel like I'm like I'm not that like I'm not totally back yet. You mm-hmm. know, I'm kind of in that sort of beginning stages of John Wick where, you know, like John is not really sure if he's back in, but I'm kind of getting there. Because <laughs> um, basically I'm still pl- – because so I, I was able to play a Phantom Liberty back at Summer Game Fest. Uh, so I got to, you know, interact with Idris Elba uh, as like like playing through – going through my play mm. playthrough and getting to meet him. Like I go through the like the first mission where you get to meet him and get to know him a little bit uh, and – it's it definitely is a very cool storyline. It's very spy thriller esque. Uh, so like I was really intrigued by that. So I haven't got into it at, at, at my current playthrough just again because I've, I've been sick. But I also wanted to start a brand new character fresh because it is also uh, update 2.0 that they're including mm. is is free for everybody who's yep. you know play uh, bought the base game of uh, Cyberpunk. And so that gets also included into Phantom Liberty. But the cool thing is, if you buy Phantom Liberty or you get the, the buy that pass, you can actually be able to jump in as a like a brand new character, and you know you work your way through the story until you can get to the point where you can play Phantom Liberty, or you get to start in Phantom Liberty, and they give you basically a version of V that has already perks already kind of created, and then you can respec if you if you need to, okay. uh, or if you feel like you want you want to like okay, I want to change this and this and this. Um, so you can be able to do that. You can just jump into Phantom Liberty right there and then. Um, but uh, I will say that a lot of the systems have been updated. It's a little bit easier to be able to figure out, um, especially like the the skill points and the perk system. Mm-hmm. Uh, of like everything is like is a little bit more easier to kind of figure out. Okay, what skills do I need, and what skills do I need to upgrade in order to be able to uh, to be able to kind of find get the skills that I need? Because it's almost it has a sort of like thing where it's like a there's like this one line. Um, that uh, that's kind of that, that that gets that kind of moves up the screen and in the skill points every time you kind of like unlock something new and then you can see like you can see kind of like silhouetted like all the different skills you can be able to eventually get up to but you have to build up that 
base skill of like cool intelligence, reflexes, body, uh, and, and technical abilities to be able to get to, to be able to unlock those. So it's a little bit easier to be able to essentially like you can still pick skills that kind of like that are below that line, but every so often, like if you upgrade that skill enough, you will be able to get more skills as you go. And and so it's a little bit easier that way. And plus also as well, uh, I, I, like one of the things that I was kind of always had an issue with was uh, a lot of the armor that you have is bit was used to be based on the clothes that you would pick up and you'd have like these weird outfits because you know, it's that they had the better armor. Now that armor is basically built into your cyberware. So you can basically choose whatever clothes you want. And it's all, all that armor is basically built into your, like they've done a whole revamp of the cyberware too. So you can be able to get like special like abilities and stuff just based on your cyberware as well. Um, so they've, they've updated pretty much every system. Like the police system is a little bit more refined. The AI for that is more refined. If you do decide to do a bunch of crimes in night city and you get to a point where your notoriety level is pretty high, they do have like, there, there is a, uh, a max tech, like a max tech. Like they're the kind of like the ultimate elite police force. Yeah. <laughs> They will get you, and they will find they will find you, and they will kill you. Like they they are very good at, at basically at, at taking you down. So you got to be very careful about that. Wow. Um, and uh, yeah, it looks still again looks great on the Xbox Series X. Mm. I had like a few like you know weird sort of like bugs here and there. I'm like okay, there's there's the there's the jank that uh, cyber uh, cyberpunk was known for. Uh, but uh, you know things have gotten better at it, and so I would say. It, it, like as far as accessibility is concerned, nothing's been updated. There's, okay. there's nothing really. Um, okay. Maybe like a little bit of the text size for the for like the subtitles mm -hmm. and the captions that are above people's heads, but mm -hmm. that's really it. There's nothing really else to to kind of talk about, unfortunately. So, okay. um, but I'm enjoying it. I think I'm back in. I'll, I'll uh, I'm still at that point. I'm ten hours in to the story, and I still haven't got to the point where I can jump into Phantom Liberty. Okay. So oh wow! Don't expect to be able to jump in right away unless you do that. Okay, I'm going to want to do Phantom Liberty right away. Yeah. But if you're looking to be able to start and you want and like and that's the one thing you want to do, you it, it, you have to kind of like you have to wait a while uh, before okay. you can get to that point. Good to know. I, it's nice to hear about all those updates. Um, I haven't jumped back in since I played originally, so maybe it is time. Same. Um, yeah. But it is a hard time as there are a gazillion games to play. Um, yeah, and finding time to play games is getting harder and harder, uh, though that is what we do for this podcast. <laughs> mm -hmm. Joelle, how goes your Sea of Stars adventure? Mm, so good. This, it just keeps getting better and better the f farther and farther along I get. Um, like the, I feel like the music gets better, the story gets better, uh, the gameplay uh, levels up. So I'm really enjoying it. I'm I hope that it gets nominated for awards when we get to the to the end of year. And I'm not saying that like it's going to win anything, but I just uh really really hope that it gets nominated uh just because I think it's phenomenal. Um I think it's just a really special uh game and uh and, and publishing and so and like the story behind it. Um The Escapist, uh which is a YouTube channel, they do like short documentaries on uh video games. They did one on like Vampire Survivors and uh they did one on Sea of Stars and I just think like the you can just tell the passion is is there and obviously this game came from a um um a Kickstarter campaign. And so they got a lot of freedom to do what they need to do. And I just, I think it's just delightful. I, I'm really, really enjoying it. 
even though there are parts of it where I drop frames, but I'm not letting that uh, get me down too much. But I just I'm finding a, it, it's really, really fun. And I I believe I'm almost finished. So I should be uh, it should be done with the next couple of days uh, for me. So nice. I just started I... in my Sea of Stars adventure and I am I'm very excited. Are you? It's... Yeah. OK. I just. I just got past where, like, you know, past the training part where, you know, they got oh. through the, t- the, the, the academy. Yes. Um, so oh, your adventure I'm, is awaiting. I know. Yes. I am so, I am so excited. It's the, it's the one game I think I'm going to play portable or handheld only because mm-hmm. uh, yeah. it has that kind of, like, vibe that I, yes. like, I, I got it on Xbox. Mm. So I'm like, I just want to play that handheld instead of, like, on, like, on, on my TV. Mm-hmm. And it just feels like that, that's kind of like the perfect game to do it. It, it is. It is. I started playing it because um, I don't have an Xbox. I have uh, Game Pass for PC. So mm-hmm. I, I tried it on Game Pass. And I was like, I think I need to own this game because I might want to just play this game again. And so I went and I bought it on the Switch because just for, like you said, like, I'm like, this is the perfect, like, handheld uh adventure um even though i i am playing it on my huge ass tv and it's delightful but i i want because i thought well maybe i'll be traveling and i might want to if i don't finish it then i want to make sure i can finish it um but yeah it is it is so fun and the the, the music is so good i know <laughs> it, isn't it it is so good so uh did you because you stopped playing it right leah because you went to starfield yeah i joined to starfield yeah, yeah. You, yeah and i still I have not, it there but like yeah. i've been i've been having this well it's a problem and not a problem at the same time mike's been playing a lot of f1 and the problem is is that consumes the tv out front because yeah. he has the setup and everything and uh but sea of stars i can come back here and play that on the xbox uh one x uh fairly well but well, i'm not gonna try attempt to play starfield on that um but yeah so it's what i do sometimes is i come back here and 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 play back here but yeah i'm gonna jump back in because i'm like the fact that it kind of has like Zelda e moments yep. too as yep. you kind of get I into got it. That vibe yes. Yeah, oh, there, yeah. there are when you start. I don't want to spoil nothing, but they, there are moments where you're like, yep. man, they got vibes from Zelda in this. So, oh, yeah. so yeah, especially <laughs> yep. when I'm thinking about like um, uh, a link to the past and stuff mm-hmm. like that when they did mm-hmm. the link to the past remake and stuff. So yeah, yep. I'm. I need more time. Really hope that, <laughs> that sabotage does another one does another game and they just they expand they like take all the good parts of sea of stars and they make it they make it bigger because there if there's like one critique i have is that there's some sometimes it becomes a little repetitive as i go through and mm-hmm. there's like i i enjoy some of the puzzles i just wish there were a little bit more because there was definitely times like when you play linked to the past or when they also took a lot of nods from super mario rpg a lot mm-hmm. a lot of nods and there mm-hmm. was times when you're in that game and you're like what do i do like you really have to just try lots of different things to figure out what's happening um and with sea of stars they they just kind of give you they like hand over things that allow you to progress and there's a a bit of me that wishes there was a little bit more intricacies in in the gameplay and i mean i understand why that isn't there so i just hope that if they and i know um, if you watch the documentary they say like they want to do more of these types of games and they want to do more um in this style like in this pixel art style so i i hope that there's more of it 
uh, that comes out. So if, if this and if this is their first like run at one, just like bravo because it is so good. So mm, yeah, they did the messenger before, yes. I believe. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So just to make sure, because I'm going to link it in the show notes, it's the most recent completion of Sea of Stars, uh, Sea of Stars, my game of the year, spoiler light. Is it that video? Or is it a different video oh, that for, he did, the completionist? Like, no, his, the, the, the escapist. Oh, the escapist. Is, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. escapist, yeah. not the completionist. Yeah, no. The, yep, the escapist. They do uh, like short uh, little documentaries about how games are made. And they're, uh, they're a great channel. Found it. I think the reason why is like that's what popped up in my head when when you said it. And I remember seeing that on my timeline being like, I need to watch this. Uh Um, So, yeah. So I'm going to add that along with the Ed Boon on Hot Ones because uh, everybody needs to watch that, too, because that is a fantastic show. Um, Starfield. Uh, I'm still going strong uh, in that I haven't had a ton of time to play video games this week, but I think I figured it out now. I need to just play through the story and get get through the story because Steve was talking about this last week where I was like, I'm like at the time, like 11 and a half hours in and I'm like, I just want to go build things and farm mm-hmm. things and mm-hmm. I can't do that yet. And I feel like they haven't really taught me how to do that yet. And then I was watching because I was learning like how all the mechanics of how all this stuff works. And I watched a video and it was like things you need to do. And they were like, complete the story. There are things behind the story you need to know. And then I learned what one of those things were. And I'm like, oh, I do need to know. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, I don't know if it's a spoiler or not to say what it is, because the fact that as much as I've known about Starfield and, you know, watch things and do whatever, and then didn't realize until that moment that like, this piece is here. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> I, I, I have a feeling I think I might know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. It has, it has to do with the yeah. artifacts. <laughs> yes. Very, yes. 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 Yeah. Yes. I know so, exactly what you're talking about. So, Joelle, um, yeah, things may have changed. Oh. And my key for you, if you go to play Starfield, is play through the story. Yep. That's, what I have, that's what I have heard. And I've seen, when I've watched other streamers play it, they're like, well, how do I do this? Because... They, they are also allured by the infinite possibilities of crafting and building and exploring. And the people in the chat are like, did you finish the main story? That's like well, the main piece of feedback. They're like, well, no, because of blah, blah, blah. And like, I've just heard that. Yeah, I just think it's like you. the main story is the tutorial because Bethesda. Mm-hmm. And then. Pretty much. And then you play the game after that. Yeah, but the thing is, is that like. I don't think they said anything in promoing this game no. when they were talking about like and the crafting and the shipbuilding and you can be a pirate and doing all these things and I'm just like wow that's a lot of cool stuff how am I going to decide did, what to do they did tease did it they a tease little this? bit yes there was one moment in at the end of one of the trailers that you saw a little bit of like a tiny 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 okay. bit of it that if you go back and rewatch it you'll know exactly what like oh okay they, they this did this is like they, a yeah so kind of yeah, yeah and they've showed clips of certain things too like of like uh, in trailers of like of the things that happens in that story it's like okay yeah yeah, yeah. so until you know then you like you yeah. kind of can oh. go back and be like, oh they, they foreshadowed this a lot but oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah 
that? It's good. I'm at the point in in the story. Yeah. I actually have not gone back after the, like there was one moment in the story where it kind of wrecked me. Oh, I was no. I was kind of heartbroken oh. at one point that I let something happen in the story. I'm like, oh, like, <laughs> I have not gone back. I have not gone back to 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 finish that like the to, to finish that quest to kind of like to give that 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 moment some like. Oh no! Okay. I, 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 I had to put it down like kind of shortly after. That. I was like, "Okay, I need a break," oh. and I just haven't got back to it yet. <laughs> oh, it got you deep. <laughs> oh, it got me deep. Oh. Yeah, and it's it's because it, it, it's it's, and it's not to say that it's like it's gonna hap like it's gonna happen to you specifically, Leah. But there are like because it's because it, it's a moment that is random. Okay. But when it like if if it hits, it's gonna hit hard. Okay. Yeah. All right. So. Alright, yeah. I'm ready for that. So yeah, I am definitely um, in it with this, and I feel like I'm playing a little bit of cyberpunk because I'm in the neon city oh, or whatever it's called neon. now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, so that feels a little bit cyberpunky like. Um, but I also got hands on with a game that is coming to early access on September 25th. Um, so when we release this, this is the embargo that I'm allowed to talk about it. It's called These Doomed Isles. Ooh. And uh, I was playing it on PC. It is developed by Triple Vision Games Limited. And it is a settlement builder meets roguelike deck building meets Forager. Oh. That, I don't know if you remember when I talked about this game Forager that was essentially like a, a almost like a sim building game and crafting and stuff in order to like open up this world and 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 take over i don't know in the end what the actual like whole plan was it was just a survive or whatever but like it's uh ocean with land and the land is all grid pieces like cubes like squares everywhere and that's why i feel like it meets forager because you really need want to as you kind of like build up your settlement you're a god essentially oh. and you need to grow your settlement and keep your civilian or your uh, civilization happy your civilians happy and it um and that you know to me is pretty similar because obviously i've played like settlement survival and and terraborn and all these kind of games but then they throw in this mechanic of deck building as part of it that like throws me for a loop where you can't like I'm methodical when I play a lot of these settlement games where I'll go and restart and restart till they get the perfect kickoff to my settlement to make sure that I'm like having everything going in the right way to best min max it. This game throws this out the window because the deck building side of it is where it like will throw you for a loop because you might not have the same deck when you play the next time around. Oh. And uh, if you want to get more cards, there are moments in time when you're allowed to to get them. So you essentially have like a round that lasts a season and then you can do another session and you do that four <clears throat> times until you hit the end of the year and then you have an opportunity to buy more cards. Mm. And in order to be able to use cards, you need like these, this, um, it's not faith i get i guess i guess it's considered faith credits that like as your characters and your civilization grow and gets bigger you get more opportunity to, to use more things because you need to have at a certain count to be able to use certain cards and uh if you're not doing good then you start to lose out and as if you're doing good you can get more and get more cards and you get as you get your land because you can also draw cards and lay down cards that will help you 
uh, connect land by growing pieces of land because you're a god, right? You can just pull pull earth out of the ocean and connect two pieces of land <laughs> where you get like bonuses from doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's other like characters come and attack, like I guess from other regions. Oh, and you have to defend as well as trying to to build up your settlement. Yeah, it's really interesting of a game that I'm sure is going to really get its hooks in me. The only, obviously, this is an early access. I can't really figure out how to save my game part way. I I closed it. I thought I had saved it, and it didn't open back up again. I don't know if that's just tied to, you know, where it's uh, an early access or something. Maybe that's not an opportunity, or maybe that's on purpose. It's like you get in there, and, and you play your session, and that's it. You're out. I don't know. That might be part of the premise. But, yeah, I'm intrigued by this because I never would have thought that you could mix a roguelite deck building with a settlement builder sim kind of thing hmm. in this very uh, isometric, isometric pixel kind of like style bit like that, but more like the style that Forager is. Um, but yeah, intriguing. That cool. Yeah. Yeah. Different kind of a game. Hmm. All right. It's time for our new segment, Walk Down Memory Card Lane. So each week, the team will have uh, a chance to guess a historical game that would have released during the time period of this episode's airing, but obviously in the past. We'll start with the release date, and then I will give hints about the game for the team to attempt to guess what this is. I think this is going to be fun because we've got Joelle and we've got Steve, and this is going to... This is going to be good. Okay. And uh, I'm intrigued. Okay. So remember now, think about the time of the year we are right now. Mm -hmm. Particularly, think back to September 25th, 2007. Oh my gosh. 2007? Yes. To September 25th, 2007. I was in college. My goodness. I was in between colleges. <laughs> All right. So I'll start giving you guys hints. You tell me when you want me to get the next hint. Like I said, like last week, talk it out, make Man. guesses. You know, I'll tell you if you get it or if you don't get it. Okay. Darn. I thought, I thought I was going to be smart and you were going to choose like Grand Theft Auto five because it mm. came out 10 years ago this past week. But <laughs> no, like, no, no, you said that the time no. this episode aired. So I'm like, no, I was yeah. not going to make it. it that easy. <laughs> I also was secretly no, was hoping that. List. Yeah, it was in my list to look to see if it was an opportunity, but then, yeah, I think you would have picked that one up. This is the concluding chapter of the original trilogy. The original trilogy. So there's more than one so this trilogy. this is the third of a trilogy? Mm-hmm. But it's original the concluding one. chapter of the, of the original trilogy. You know what? College Joel was really into reading ancient Greek, and uh, and uh, <laughs> I don't know. So this, I uh, I'm gonna try real hard. <laughs> okay. Do you guys want the next hint? Uh, yeah. The only thing I could think of would have been like something Star Wars related, but I'm like, and, I, and it's not because of the trilogy. It's because I'm like thinking, okay, around that time we had Coder, we had uh, Force Unleashed, we also had the uh, Jedi Outcast series going. Uh, it's but none I don't of think those. Was, I would say, I, I, but I don't think that none of them made an it's actual none trilogy. Of those. It's wow. none of those. Okay. All right, uh, I'll give you your next hint. Yeah. Okay. It played a significant role in popularizing online multiplayer. World of Warcraft? No. 
Okay. Sorry, that was really like, no, you didn't get it right. <laughs> That's okay. No, you're, you're, fine. <laughs> you're off the pod. <laughs> it's not Halo, is it? Is it Wait, Halo 3? Yes, it is. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Okay. Wow. Congratulations. That was a guess. I'm like, okay, you have multiplayer online. I remember Halo 2 did Xbox Live. That's when they started that. But I was like, I, I was like, but did Halo 3 kind of really do a lot? And I'm like, yeah, I kind of did some stuff for multiplayer. Wow. Okay. I'll give you the rest of the hints because I figured you would, especially the next one, you would have got it, especially Steve with you being on the show. <laughs> I was like, okay. So um, other hints were it was released on the Xbox 360. Uh, um, mm. On launch day, it generated $170 million in sales, which made it one of the highest grossing video games launches, uh, launches ever at that time. Wow. See, Obviously. I would have narrowed it down to either would have been a, a Grand Theft Auto game or or a Halo game yeah. or, or Gears. It could have been Gears. Oh, that, that, I, that I true, probably would have guessed Halo after the Xbox hint because that, yeah. that would have helped yeah. me quite a bit. Yeah. It's multiplayer introduced a feature that allowed players to record and share game clips. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's right. Introduced four player cooperative gameplay for the first time in the series. Oh, yeah, that would have. Yep. You believe that? Yep. Mm-hmm. If you finished mm-hmm. a game on its hardest mode, you got a special additional scene that teased where the series was going to go next. Ooh. I don't think I ever got that far. Oh, I didn't even know that. Oh, I have to now look at what, the, what that scene is. Because cool thing is, is that my brother and I, we've been going back like through the Master Chief collection. We've mm-hmm. actually been playing the games because I haven't played. Like I definitely haven't played Halo two, three, or four since like they since I played them when they first came out. So I'm like going back and replaying them, and I'm like, man, I forgot a lot about a lot of this. <laughs> so we're currently going through Halo two right now because uh, we just finished Halo uh, Halo one, and uh, man, whew, the, so the, some of those some of those gameplay mechanics were rough. Oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah. The, the, Rose colored glasses. When you we know play what? Those. Can, 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 can we swear in? The, can we swear? Yo, in this you know. <laughs> yes, you can. <laughs> Oh, the warthog. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> Warton fucking warthog. Okay, it's just like it I is, it is <laughs> terrible to drive I everywhere. I, uh, terrible. You terrible. have to have the expert drive the warthog, otherwise you will get nowhere. I also learned that. that where, like, that's where I get my brother to do it because <laughs> yeah, he's the, he's the better driver than oh, me. Man. I wasn't allowed, yeah. but I always would jump in anyway because it was fun to make my teammates angry, and they're just like, "Get out of there!" And I'm just like, "No!" And I would go and blow, try to blow things up, but I'd get stuck and. And uh, uh, and then you know, it's miraculously, people didn't want to play with me. They didn't understand why. Because mm. you brought the chaos. Shocking. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had a few more. Uh, a new mode permitted players to edit and customize multiplayer maps. I can't okay. believe that was Halo Three that brought that in. Wow. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Hmm. It is often regarded as one of the greatest video games of all time. The game introduced <laughs> a new enemy. The brute chieftains that had a gravity hammers that were capable of sending shockwaves to knock down players. Remember that? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. S- skulls were hidden throughout the levels that could alter gameplay. Okay. And, that was the first uh, time that that got introduced. Uh, yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. And Ooh. game featured several vehicle variants. Including the mongoose. Yes, the mongoose. Ah, uh, the mongoose. Yes. <laughs> Good old mongoose. So, yeah, that's round two of Walk Down Memory Card Lane. Uh, you guys got that real quick, and uh, but that's the fun of it. 
I will Hi. likely get none of these, so it's good that other experts are on. <laughs> not me, so I'm no expert. So I, would, like, I was, oh. I was flying by the seat of my you pants. Are. I was just like, you are. <laughs> so. No, you did great. You did great. All right, you folks, ready to get into some news? Quick, quick. Let's go. All right, sure. we'll do it right after this break. And we're back with the news of the week. We're going to try and power through because we've been chatting for a little bit, but we'd be remiss to talk about some of these stories because some of these stories are so big. They're making news in like other places uh, outside of the video game world. And this one in particular has really like percolated up into the to the ether uh, that people are asking me about it that I didn't even realize had had, you know, were curious about how video games were made. But essentially, uh Unity decided that they wanted to change their pricing model, uh, which used to be pay for a subscription for the developers to create their game to a different type of uh, uh, of model where instead they wanted to charge a runtime fee for people who are installing the game. Um, every install would cost a charge and people lost their minds because obviously this was going to get real expensive for any devs, especially anybody who is doing a, a demo uh, and test builds and things like that. Um, and also too, could be real detrimental for review bombing where people just constantly install a game and it, you know, would cost the developer money. Um, Unity came back yesterday on a Sunday and decided to apologize on this on Twitter. Um, and yeah, said they're going to, or promise that they're going to change their policy, but haven't actually said how they're going to change their policy, just that they're talking talking with people in the industry and community members and that kind of stuff to see what they can do. Steve, as somebody who works in the industry, um, what have you been hearing about all of this and uh, what do you think? Basically, the only thing I've been hearing about this whole thing is that the developers think it sucks. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It is the the worst idea that they could have come up with, uh, and at the absolute worst way to be able to like to tell developers that they're going to be implementing this mm. within a four month span. Like they're they're saying that they're going to start this as of January first of twenty twenty four, and the the thing the, the thing that sucks the most about it is mostly is that they were is is, is 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 so the first they were kind of like okay it's 20 cents per install like the base because every time that the unity specifically in order to be able to get a game to like to to work within uh, like is that you have to have like a little runtime kind of like program that basically runs the starts up the unity engine so that that the game that can, can officially could start up and mm-hmm. they have to install that in every single time that they like anyone installs a game, no one really ever notices because you know, like no one ever really cares or notices at any time that anything else get extra installed. But that's how the Unity engine mm-hmm. works. And the way that they were like that they they were going to add it in is that in the installer they were going to basically try to count sort of like the the, the how how the, how many installs were going to ha- like the the a game had, and they were going to charge a developer twenty cents per install. The thing is, it doesn't account for if the game was on sale, didn't account for if you want to install it on multiple machines. Mm-hmm. Basically, you install it on your PC or on your on your Steam Deck or whatever. Doesn't matter. It's you're basically that, that's two installs. It just cost the company 20 cents per um, it, you also couldn't be able to um, or like, oh, yeah, it doesn't involve any any sales. Uh, they did say that charity that, that charity games um, would not be charged, but apparently there was a thing today that they said that something like Planned Parenthood 
um, wasn't considered a charity game, so they're going back on that. Oh. And it's, it's, a, it's a whole weird thing that like it stands to have like at this point, but it, oh. it, it, every developer is very pissed off about this. And then they were all, all what also was sucked too was that developers there were some developers that had been working on a game for already like a couple years using Unity, and now that they're going to have like in, in, in implementing this, they now have to budget for it. Which means that they're going to be like they're now having to incur extra costs they didn't plan for, mm. and they don't know whether or not they're going to have to. Are they going to have to stop developing on Unity and then take the time to either find new folks to learn a new engine or use the folks that they have wow. that have already that have been trained on Unity? Now they have to learn a new engine. That's like it's a whole. Oh it puts gosh. basically every indie game or any game that's using Unity in flux because they just don't know what to do. And then part of that apology as well. Because um, one of the things that they, that that, uh, that kind of came out was um, uh, I think it was uh, it's Agro Crab um, is, is the studio um, is uh, it, they, 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 they have a cool game uh, cool game that's coming out uh, next year uh, that'll be on uh, Xbox Game Pass called Another Crab's Treasure mm-hmm. and uh, they basically had come out and said that uh, if this like because it's developed in Unity they say if this if this comes out. Like they're already on Game Pass. Does that mean that now Game Pass is like they're gonna have to be charged for the installs on Game Pass? And Unity says, "Oh no 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 no! Don't worry. you don't have to worry about that. That that cost isn't gonna go to you. That's gonna go to Microsoft." Well, there is no way in hell Microsoft is gonna be like, <laughs> "Excuse me, um, we just took on the FTC against Sony. I think we're gonna. I think I think we're gonna kick your butt." Wow. <laughs> there is uh, it is. A giant mess, and they're all they're doing is just backpedaling at this point. And the only like, th- th- and it's weird because their apology is like kind of that that YouTuber's apologies of like <laughs> it's not really they don't really mean it. They're mm-hmm. kind of more sorry sorry that they got caught than necessarily yeah. sorry of the thing that they did. Mm-hmm. So it's it's bad it's bad news bears for pretty much every like like for only just Unity at this point because everyone else is like. This is a bad idea, and I have not seen one person basically stand up to try to defend Unity other than Unity itself. Yeah, it's, it's, I I don't know where they thought they were going to put out this statement about these changes and not end up in a world of hurt. Because, like, this hurts everybody. Everybody. Yeah. So, and especially, and I feel so bad for all those indie developers that have been putting years and years and years working on a game, working on a game, working on a game, blood, sweat, and tears, and then now having to think back and be like, well, what do I do now? Do I incur these costs or do I not? And then the situations, like all the different, all the different things that you were talking about. But then one of the ones that I thought was, was pretty scathing was like, you know, review bombing is something that happens a lot on the sites where you can do that and on Steam and things like that, right? And they they put checks in place to do that. Now the opportunity is, well, buy the game once and install it a gazillion times. And every yep, time that's it. a cost yep. to the the developer. And that's not fair, you know? It, that's not fair at all. It, it, they should have figured out there are so many other ways, pricing structures, percentages they could have done um, of sales. Like, look at how Epic's handling some things, revenue sharing, all this kind of stuff. So many other opportunities. This was not it. <laughs> no. And whoever consulted them on this 
are crazy. And I was watching Phil DeFranco today. This is where I'm saying is bubbling up into the atmosphere of things that don't usually touch video games, but when they're really bad, do. Uh, uh, Phil um, on his show was talking about it and showed this screenshot of a almost look like a, you know, in in uh, in stores and stuff where you might see like employee of the month. Right. And you have all these people's faces. Well, they had like worst game exec of the year. And it was like Kotex head over and over again until this year when it was the CEO of <laughs> Unity. Oh, no. As the worst, worst CEO, oh. like, video game CEO of the year. Um, so, yeah, I this is one that like they're going there. The, the problem is. And the same thing Phil said in the show. The problem is, is even if they retract and go back and everything, who's going to trust Unity again? Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's unless they go back to the way it was or copy basically what like Epic has for Unreal, which I don't think that they would do because it's basically out of pride at this point um, that they probably won't do it. But it like it's it, it like they have lost every bit of trust. Like, actually, I was just reading. um uh, the aggro crabs, like uh, their their response, apparently, because they also they had like they were talk like there was some developers that actually had a call with uh, Unity and um, aggro crab. Basically, they said they had a long call with the Unity reps. They gave us some answers that they say will be public soon. We didn't come away with renewed trust in Unity or this policy, which we still think is total ass. But allegedly, real answers to a lot of speculation misinfo are on the way, and that was as of September thirteenth. So I guess that apology that just happened on oh, like on this past Sunday. Yeah, I did not do anything to help the sway people onto Unity side because mm. it's still it's still a, just a, like a bunch of bullcrap. Yeah, well, even there's a story from today on uh, GameIndustry.biz. Unity report uh, reportedly tells staff details of runtime fee backtracking. Executives say the engine maker may cap install payments at four percent of revenue. Will rely on customers to self-report data because that's the other thing too that is like oh, totally freaking yeah. fishy about this. How does how does the Unity engine report back? To say that a game was installed, that's fishy AF, right? You'd have to have some pretty sneaky stuff. Because even when I talk sometimes about like downloads of app downloads and all the kind of stuff, it's a good number, but it's potentially a vanity number. Because like you said, multiple installs. How do you know it's the same user? All this kind of stuff. Like I get a new iPhone. I download a new app of Twitter. You know, that counts as one of the downloads, but I'm not a new user. Yeah. So how would they track that it's a new download or a new user or anything like that, you know, if it's, well, user's easier, but like for for the purposes of this to be able to charge back, it's all got to be based on what the developer reports back and their findings and their revenues. Because if not, how would they know? How would they know? If not, There's- it was some really, really fishy, you know, uh, thing installed on your computer. That's that's what I'm thinking they would probably would be thought would be like uh, what they would have to do. And then the whole like self-reporting from users is like no one's going to do no, that. No one's going to like that. unless they like somehow they click agree on and it's in some of the terms of service that they're yeah. like, OK, by doing this, you agree to the fact that we're also tracking how many times you install. Yeah. And no one's going to read that. It's going to be in a small print somewhere yeah. just because. And that's what you're going to have to like to, to worry about. And it's it's oh, man, yeah. way to screw the pooch. We've been talking a lot about uh, the potential next iteration of the Switch because there's been so many reports around. This one's really interesting, the story from The Verge. Uh, I like it because apparently the folks out at Activision have 
seen the Switch and actually saw it last December. Um, which is real fascinating. Also, some reports of uh, what performance is going to be like and P- and what is described is closer to the performance of a PS4 slash Xbox One. Really excited to start hearing more noise about a Switch 2 because I know, Joel, you were mentioning frame drops in your My console. Gosh. when. Uh, and I've had issues as well, so um, it is it is time. Oh my gosh. I need a new Switch, yeah. and I'm going to wait for the next gen for sure. Yeah, I mean, how do you feel, Leah? Because it's I think it's going to be an LCD. It's probably not going to be an OLED screen, mm. like because because of the cost because they they need to keep costs at a certain uh, realm, you know, to be affordable. Because Nintendo is you know predominantly and historically an affordable. Uh, console, you know, for for families that they can afford that they're gonna buy, you know, the console for everyone to play on, and mm-hmm. so so it it's kind of leading towards the fact that it's probably not gonna be an OLED to keep the cost down. Maybe there'll be a pro version, right, where where they'll have the screen, um, and I don't know, like what what kind of price points because the price point has been in a kind of an interesting discussion too around like so if it's gonna have the same sort of hardware as a PS4 or Xbox One with an LCD screen, but maybe bigger. Like, how much then is this going to run? And how much would the consumer, how much would you pay for it? Because I, some people are thinking like 400 USD for 50 USD. Um, so I think that's going to be really interesting too, to see if they're going to come up in price point, because when the switch came out, it was 300 USD, um, right, right off the bat. And I'm, I, I have to imagine, obviously with inflation, the way prices have been going up and how games are becoming more, everything's becoming more expensive. So I, I would be shocked if it's not at least 399 USD. Yeah. And everything's gone up in price when it comes to, to, you know everything in the world yes. lately so yes. i wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if it's that expensive they drop the cost of the switch and maybe maybe there's some kind of way where they're more cross compatible than previous generations obviously that's not usually a nintendo thing to do but no. yeah, yeah th- i i can't see it being too expensive because that's like you said that's not what nintendo usually does right now mind you their games never ever drop in price and barely ever go on sale ever (laughs) they never do yeah so so yeah i i don't know but it's interesting to see this and after having the nintendo uh direct their last week and seeing the games that were announced like they're kind of not like what's the next mario mainline series our, our game mm-hmm. right like yep. what what's coming and the fact that where they're like what they're remaking and how they're handling it and all that kind of stuff it's it, it definitely feels like it's time plus it's been like it came out 2017 so yep it is time it is time yeah i don't know yeah mm. steve yeah, will you get one uh, potentially. I mean, I already I, I do have an OLED switch, mm-hmm. um, and that I will agree with you, uh, Joella, about the screen that I would think they would probably do an LCD instead of an OLED because OLED's about like fifty bucks more than yep. uh, than the regular sort of switch, and so I would think they would like to keep the cost low. I could definitely see them in that three forty nine, three ninety nine mm-hmm. range um, to build for for the switch. I think it probably would be maybe like a like an IPS LCD screen, mm-hmm. uh, kind of similar to like what the, what is on like the Steam Deck or yeah. uh, the Asus ROG Ally, because 
it's not the best screen, but if you if you have a good screen that has like a high enough brightness, it will look crystal clear and and and, and pretty uh, uh, pretty crisp as far as the the resolution goes. Um, I could definitely uh, the rumors that they were going around saying that this was going to have like DLSS and uh, like it was going to be like the, essentially running the same kind of like graphics as like PS5. No. I never believed that for a no. second. Because it's it like Nintendo doesn't do that. No. They had like it would be a big it would be too big of a device to hold, and you gotta think <laughs> yeah. kids are not gonna be able to do that. Yeah. Um, and also the battery would suck, uh, which <laughs> is something that Nintendo definitely is very cognizant. They want to have as much battery life as they can out of the out of the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so my guess is like the the when they said it was like PS4 Xbox One type graphics, that I could definitely see. I could mm-hmm. I could see them uh, upgrading to that. I could see them doing 1080p on on handheld and maybe 4K uh, upscaled to 4K uh, docked. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, but not running native 4K, but yep. just like upscaled to yep. it. Yeah. Um, and I could see see maybe like a version of like AMD's FSR, um, mm. where that like that's where they like they, uh, basically that, those who don't know FSR basically it, it will upscale a game like a a, a game. To uh, to basically looks like it's higher set like higher settings, but it's still using kind of like the lower end graphics. It kind of like does a cool upscaling thing that actually like works really well. It's kind of it's not the same as like in, Nvidia's DLSS, but FSR is actually a pretty like it, it's great. Like if you're running low end hardware, especially like the Steam Deck, FSR is like really really great for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I could definitely see them maybe having a version of that if they had to for like not necessarily their first party, but maybe their third party games. But um, yeah, I would say I would say next year is probably a good indication of it's either potentially coming out next year or definitely coming out twenty twenty. Oh my gosh, you think it's gonna all the way in twenty twenty five? I think we'll hear about it oh. early next year I and think, then come out in twenty twenty the end of twenty twenty four. I don't think these things will guess. live past end of 2024 no i that's yeah what game are you gonna play on it besides mario wonder because i i I mean there's definitely again like sea of stars there's i would today i got a i got about an hour in before uh we're recording and there there was a specific it wasn't terrible but you know there's frames that were dropping and i'm like man another year on this thing like it, it it's because of the because I, and I primarily do play it docked, but be, because I really want to start playing some of my like Game Pass games on my TV or like on the go, it's really pushing me more and more to get into. I try to Steam Deck um, for, for Steve for historical context. I tried a Steam Deck. I think I got a Lemon. It did not work for me oh, like bummer. at all. So I returned it. Now I'm thinking about maybe going to um, an Ally or maybe the Lenovo Go um, that's coming mm. out. And so I, but it, it that, that's really pushing me more and more to to go that direction. Just because like I don't. I don't want to have disruptive gameplay if I don't need to. And if I have Game Pass, I don't have to buy the game um, just to play it on my TV. So I might drop the the 700 USD to have, like, all those options um, just because, like, it's just not as enjoyable. So, man, if I have to wait till 2025, my goodness. <laughs> yeah, my only, my only guess for that would be because of COVID and sort of, like, delaying, uh, yeah. like, any of the chips and That's stuff like true. that because – Nintendo doesn't create their own yes. um, chips no. and stuff. They have to go with other people. Yep. And 
they like there was a lot like there was a chip shortage during COVID yes. that would yeah. like hit everybody, yes. including like as big people as like Microsoft and Apple and, and Apple as well. So um, I mean that's why like Apple's been pushing to like making their own stuff instead of like have, outsourcing it to other other folks. So that's the only Ooh. reason why I could think of like delayed into 2025. But my guess is that yeah they'll announce it either a at the Game Awards, which is kind of the next sort of big event type thing where they could announce something mm. um, that it could come out in the spring because they have done that, but they have done that before. Um, or they announce in the spring saying it's coming out in the fall of 2024. Mm. That'd be, that'd be my guess. Cool. All right. Uh, another short one. Um, the gift that keeps on giving is the documents that were revealed at FTC versus Microsoft case. And one of the things that we've learned over the past few days is that apparently Elder Scrolls 6 will skip the PS5 and isn't coming until at least 2026. Honestly, I think... Honestly, if you did not see the forest through the trees on this one, especially how good uh, Starfield has done for X- Xbox and Microsoft uh, since its release and it being like the first real kick off to uh have them owning bethesda um yeah they could have saw this one coming i even even in the delay or the considering when it's coming 2026 yeah you know they they are they're gonna milk starfield for all it's worth give this its time and uh yeah i am not surprised at all that this uh leaked uh document came out talking about where this this game was going to be and it yeah it's just going to be on xbox and pc so they say crazy yeah i mean steve did you anticipate anything else <laughs> no. no 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 like it's no. like they bought they bought like they, they bought bethesda for this reason for exclusives like they didn't like it was that like yeah there are certain things that they could you know they said they were going to support if they were already on other platforms but yeah didn't say anything new about like about new games so yeah. like you know yeah. it's it's an it's a no-brainer of course like of course that we're like we're the elder school six is going to be an xbox a pc exclusive yeah like, yeah duh yeah uh i mean it's like, like only, the only thing that's, that's new is that we actually have like sort of confirmation that xbox is doing this because it was always speculative before but i don't know well yeah. and they're gonna dangle that elder scrolls carrot for as long as they possibly can like as they as they oh, get sure. their calendars figured out and their other games lined up and after the acquisition and then court cases and all those things like yeah they're they're not in like starfield yeah they're not gonna they're not gonna give the peoples what they want until we start rioting for it so yeah they're nah. yeah. or everybody buys an xbox or everyone buys an xbox <laughs> <laughs> September 21st is Miniature Golf Day. Who would have thunk? Hashtag Mini Golf Day. And I thought it would only be right if we talk through some of the games, golf games or mini golf games that we've played uh, over the years that we enjoy. Um, I uh, always recommend playing golf with your friends, uh, with your friends. Why? It's tons of fun. It is legitimately mini golf and you can pass one controller around. That's all you need. It's on Game Pass and you need one controller and you have lots of fun. Steve, do you have a mini golf or golf game that you love that you've played that you want to talk about? Yeah, actually, there was a game that um, that came out last year. Uh, it was actually made by uh, some friends of mine that I met through uh, like this 
kind of online group that we kind of like happened over the pandemic called the gig, the uh, game industry gathering. Uh, excuse me a second. Sorry, I had to cough. Um, and they made a game uh, called Cursed to Golf. Uh, and uh, I, I think it's kind of out on multiple platforms right now, but I definitely know you can be able to pick this up on on Steam, of course. But uh, it's uh, it's a game where basically it's kind of it's a roguelike uh, golf adventure. Uh, and basically you're kind of, it, there's this funny story basically of like, you are, you go into golf purgatory and in order to be able to go like to get out and become a golf legend is you have to basically do like go through these very challenging courses and you have like a certain amount of like, uh, uh, of shots that you can be able to get into like the, the, the holes and the way it's kind of, it's kind of like set up like a platformer. But you're basically trying to be able to like shoot your ball across all these different sort of obstacles, and and there's also like special uh, abilities and special kind of like power ups you can be able to have with your uh, the, to kind of give your uh, a swing. Like you can be able to if you if you shoot a ball, you can be able to have a, a thing where it will uh, immediately drop down and, and like uh, to be able to hit like a certain platform or a certain uh, like a, a statue you can be able to have to destroy to be able to get like a special power up or get to get you an extra ball. Um, and there's like other different things. It kind of like gives you a more more powerful swing or like a, a floating swing like a floating ball kind of thing or it can be able to get through certain obstacles like it's it's a fun like it's a fun game that I I played it at, uh, at, at PAX at PAX East last year and I really really enjoyed it and it's definitely like uh, it's definitely one that I I, that I definitely would recommend it's kind of like a, a new sort of twist on the uh, golf uh, experience as it were nice Joelle, how about you? Mini golf game, golf game you love? Yeah, there is one that I really fell in love with. It's called What the Golf? Uh, <laughs> it's by uh, Triband Studios. It originally came out for Apple Arcade back in 2019, um, but now it's released uh, to all platforms. And what I love about it is that it's really not uh there's really not a story or like a mainline narrative but there's like different little levels and tiers and each little like pocket of levels and tiers has a theme and the themes are wildly different and it all has to do with like certain physics um and and they're really short they're not very long so you can sit down if you're like okay i have maybe like i'm waiting for a doctor's appointment or like i only have like 10 or 15 minutes to kill you can sit and go through maybe like four different rounds and like four different areas um and, and kind of piecemeal the game that way so it's a great game to like little like snack on like a, as you will you can pop in and out but the physics like are super super clever um and they also have quite a bit of easter eggs within the game so some of the levels are um, inspired by untitled goose game and so like if you've played that game you're going to recognize those levels um in the game or um hot shot i don't know if you're familiar with hot shot uh the graphics are really recognizable it's a game um where as you move it's a first person shooter and like as you move the bullets come uh towards you and it's very geometrical in style and they have nods of that and what the golf and so some of the levels when the mechanics work the same way so uh it's really interesting it's really diverse uh it's so funny the humor is like off the wall uh a bit odd and a little bit out there uh but it's super cute so it's one that I love to dive into when I just have like a few minutes um 
and I don't want to think too hard, but I want to be entertained. It, it it is delightful, so I highly recommend um, picking up What the Gulf. Sweet. All right. Well, that pretty much wraps up the show for this week. As always, I invite you to check out the show notes on girlsongames.ca to link to all the stories mentioned in this episode, uh, along with those YouTube videos. I put those in the bottom of the show Yay. notes as well. I encourage you that if you are listening to this podcast on a podcast platform where you can rate and review podcasts, please do so. Why? It helps with uh, the rankings. It brings yes. us up in the lists. We also appreciate it. Any of the comments because it helps us build our show. I hope you like our new uh, walk down memory card lane. Uh, we'd love to hear uh, your thoughts on it. And as always, uh, this is the moment in the show where I thank the panel for being on the show, uh, giving the chance to shout out their social media handles so you can follow them anywhere and everywhere online. Steve, where can folks find you and all the awesome creations you are making? Um, yeah, you can pretty much follow me uh, at Steve Saylor pretty much everywhere. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, uh, YouTube, and uh, also you can be able to find me on Twitch and uh, and TikTok at Blind Gamer Steve as well. Joelle, how about you? People can find me on Instagram at Joelle Lauren eighty seven, and then on X at Gamer underscore Comfy. <laughs> but always hanging out in the Girls on Games Discord. Please come and say hi and tell us about your favorite golf games because we always want to learn more about video games. And I'm Leah Jewer on most social media platforms, but of course you want to know everything there is to know about Girls on Games. You can track us down at The Girls on Games on X slash Twitter and Facebook. Just Girls on Games on Instagram and thread discord.me slash girls on games to continue this lovely convo and more. But of course, if you ever need to know anything at all, you can track it down at our home base. That is our website, girlsongames.ca. Thank you, Steve, for coming to hang out. Yes. Much appreciated. No, thank you. This is, uh, this is an absolute Ooh, pleasure. And, yeah. Uh, Thank you so much for having me on. And Joelle, thank you for coming for another week. Of course. Hang out with me. Yes. <laughs> That's it. I'm off to play more Starfield because it's got me hooked now. We'll speak to you all next week. All the best. Bye. 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 Bye.